Guilty Movie Pleasure fans, our mission that we chose to accept was to actually record an episode this week. Is that a dove? Oh yeah, because we're covering Mission Impossible 2! Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Guilty Movie Pleasure. Doing the theme song. Isn't that what you said, Steve? Limp Biscuit did the theme song for this? Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. It's oh. all right. You doing all right? Limp Biscuit. Yeah. It makes me gag. Oh, I don't know why. This theme song. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, they Mission Impossible fans, we're back. Guilty Movie Pleasures, we've been off for a couple weeks. I'm your host, Ben Begley. You can find me at the Ben Begley on the Twitter and the Instagram. And with me, as always, is Jesse McIntosh. That's me. You can find me at Too Much Jesse on the Twitter and the Instagram. Look at that. I did it right for once. Well done. I remembered. practicing for three weeks straight, which is going over and over in his head. I'll forget it by next week. That's all right. So we're back, and we decided to uh, cover... In both, I, 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 just to speak for you as well, I assume, Please. is uh, both of our opinion, the silliest and definitely the only guilty Mission Impossible yeah. movie. Because yeah. whereas the other ones get silly and crazy, they're all actually incredibly well-made action films. And as far as I can remember, this is the only one with doves. Yes, this is, that is accurate? yeah. Because this is like okay. They spent so this their came out, budget on this, this one. This came out in two thousand, mm-hmm. which is right around the time of John Woo exploding in Hollywood. Also, right around the time that Will Smith released Will Two K, I believe. <laughs> there you go. Yes, yeah. yes. So everybody wanted to work with John Woo because John Woo, up until then, I feel like action movies kind of had this standard way of shooting, and he he made these like bullet ballets, is what they would call. Oh, it. that's correct. Yeah, yeah. His, his first movie hard boiled the, the killer uh, face off Broken Arrow was the first one well, in the states. What was right? that? Uh, hard time. Target. Hard Target, that's John right. Claude Van Damme and Lance Hendrickson. Oh, that mm-hmm. one's great. Mm-hmm. And I love John Woo. I think he is awesome. I think Face Off is great. Hard Target's great. Um, uh, hard Boiled, his movie with Chow and Fat, The Killer. <laughs> Only hard stuff. Only hard he stuff. Deals with, yeah. uh, a Better Tomorrow. I'm a huge fan of his movies. I just don't like this as a Mission Impossible film. We talked about this briefly. Yeah. Just m- m- quick little opinion out the gates. Even when I saw this in theaters, I was like, First off, it's pretty boring until the last like forty five minutes, and then it's nonstop action. Yep, and it's awesome action. It just doesn't feel like a Mission Impossible movie. It feels like the action scenes in Face Off with sort of Mission Impossible plot elements and a whole lot of exposition. So my thought is that John Woo is better at original properties that he can do whatever he wants versus a franchise like this because it just feels weird. It doesn't match. It was. It was for sure incongruous with the first one. It's the Too Fast, Too Furious. Of yeah. The, uh, <laughs> yeah. We were just talking before we started rolling here about how the Mission Impossible series and the Fast and Furious series are sort of on parallel tracks where the first ones of each franchise were trying to like trying to do something. Be gritty and like yeah. kind of realistic. Yeah. They're both maybe on a little bit of a lower budget than their predecessor or their uh, subsequent films. Yeah. Um, and the second one just sort of uh, took a took a step to the right a little bit. And then but with Fast and Furious, the third and fourth kind of kept going, sure, and then but finally had, five came back. They've had a longer you're right, tail. You're right. Um, yeah. So the, the the ones that have come out most numbers. recently, yeah, the ones that have come out most recently have been just sort of like pure adrenaline action, like what's yeah. the craziest thing that we can have these people do, Yeah. Um, whereas the first ones were not really that. And the thing I, the, the reason to me, the even though Tom Cruise did all of his own stunts in this too, and the stunts Allegedly. are, the stunts are really Realistic, they just seem silly. They seem more like wire work. Whereas the new ones, even the the latest one, which you haven't seen yet, so I won't spoil anything. But you see in the trailers, there's this helicopter chase. Right. He actually learned how to do stunt helicopter flying, and that's legitimately him doing it. There's other crazy stunts that he jumps out of a plane and does a halo drop, which he actually did. So even though these things are absurd, you're watching an actor actually do it, and you're like, okay, I buy into this because there's barely any, if at all, CG in these movies. I mean, there's obviously some, Mm -hmm. because they didn't really parachute down onto the top of the building in Paris and the new one. But, like, this one, the stunts just feel more like a Hong Kong action movie than a Mission Impossible film. Yeah, it and feels. It's, they it's also just goofy. They it's also, a little goofy. Yeah, it feels a little gratuitous. Like um, lots of kicks, lots of flip kicks. Like they really, yeah, a lot of those. They really um, hair whips. Part of the a big part of the trailer is him climbing on the side of the mountain. Yeah, 
um, in the beginning before he gets his mission, and that's like as unnecessary a scene in a film as you'll ever find. It's still awesome, but it's really long. It's so long and so like unnecessary for the plot. I know I already said unnecessary, but like that's the only way to describe this scene. Yeah. Um, but it's just like Tom Cruise being like, "I want to do something cool." I feel like it's when I watch the behind the scenes, they 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 pitched it as. This is what he does in his off time. This is his idea of relaxing, is nearly falling to his death while climbing on the Grand Canyon or wherever he was. Cool. That's like kind of spin to me. You know what I mean? Like they, they conceived of it first and then they were like, how can we make this? Yeah. yeah seem appropriate. Now, don't get me wrong. Like I said, I think this movie's awesome if you take it as just an action film, but I don't like it. It's my least favorite Mission Impossible yeah. movie. So I, I will say the first... Did you see it before now? Or? Yes. Okay. Yes. I, the first Mission Impossible movie is one of my favorite movies of all time. Really? Yes. I love that movie. Um, and so I saw this movie with high expectations. Rightfully so. The first movie is really more of a thriller. There are action elements. Yeah. But it's really more of a thriller than it is an action movie. And this one is... Uh, it's more of an action like it, the, the balance switches yeah. from action to thriller yeah um, which I didn't love for the franchise um, and I didn't love the way it was executed How necessarily you, which ones have you seen since uh, I've seen the first four so I've seen what do you think of three and four uh, I really like three I thought four was pretty oh, I good I love four I, I, would, I would go one three four two in the ones that I've seen Five and six are incredible. That's what I've heard. I would, Five and six. I, six I is my favorite. It. I gotta get six on Six is it. my favorite. Yeah. I had just seen three this week. Oh, really? I'd never seen three because I was so soured by this yeah. one that I skipped three and then four came out and everybody was raving about it. So I was like, nah, I probably don't need to know what happened. And then like the whole Michelle Moynihan thing is important, obviously, but they do even in six, my dad and ne- I took my dad to see it in IMAX uh, this past week and he had never seen any of them, but they do a really good job of summing up things without making you feel like you're getting shoved exposition. Uh-huh. where It's like they remind you of stuff, but then build upon it, which is hard for franchises sometimes. Yes. Sometimes franchises, like the Resident Evil movies just and other horror films, just legit do a previously on, basically. Yeah. <laughs> where it's yeah. like, um, the Umbrella Corporation was doing this. But it doesn't really... Resident Evil, though, it doesn't really matter because each movie changes directions completely and makes no sense. But that is a whole other story. That is. And this this one, they do a very clunky job of what mm-hmm. you're describing. Um, and there isn't yeah. a whole lot of backstory to give, but the parts that they have to do exposition on are really... They stick out. The most confusing thing until the last few to me is, why does he always have an ever-changing group of buddies except Ving Rhames? Like, there's always yeah. some new guy, and he's usually British or Australian, yep. and then they finally land. It's like they were testing out the the Brits and the Aussies, the Aussies, sure. and then they were like, ah, oh, Simon Pegg! Simon Pegg is well, the one. Yeah, Simon like, Pegg's been in He's uh, great! Three of he's been now. in three, yeah. yeah. Wait, no. He's, he's been in four moving forward, yeah. He was in three, too. Yeah, he started oh, in three, really? four, five, and six. So he's in oh, four so he's of them. Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. So that's that's what's so they cr- settled on. And one. then they tried to bring in Jeremy Renner in in four, four yeah. to like because I think they were worried Tom Cruise was going to age out of it. So he was, which is ironic that they bring somebody who's like five years younger right. or something. That's what's always so funny to me. They're like he might get too old. And honestly, like maybe looks older than Tom Cruise? <laughs> question mark. Renner like, looks older. He looks older than he is for Can, sure. Before we get into Mission Impossible two more, uh, which we haven't even yet. Can we just talk about how I feel like Tom Cruise is either superhuman or just thinks he is so much that he's become that. Like, the shit he does, and in this new one, like, just my dad and I were talking about it afterwards, like, learning how to fly a helicopter, which uh-huh. which most advanced helicopter pilots can't do those stunts. Uh, the motorcycle chase that he does. He actually rides a motorcycle full out in, in the new one as well. He does a halo jump that he trained for a year for. Like, he has unlocked some part of his brain that I don't understand. Sure. It's... He, how does he only break an ankle after everything he's done? <laughs> he broke his ankle doing a roof jump in the new one. Uh, how is he alive? I don't understand. I have no idea. I have no answer for you. I he's, mean, I know he's into Scientology he's, and he's, he's kind of... insulated. Yeah. But, you know... And, and people... That's the thing. People are always like, I'm not seeing that. Tom Cruise is crazy. And for me, I'm like... I don't know. Everybody, I've I've known people who've worked with him as crew, and who've who've uh, and other actors who have talked who have worked with him who said he's a lovely person to work with. Yeah, 
I'm not going to even touch Scientology during this episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's just there's you know it's out there. You don't need there. our opinions yeah, on it. Just it's watch fine. the South Park yeah. episode. Uh-huh. But as a movie star, I think he's one of the last like tr- like him, The Rock, George Clooney used to be, and he's kind of done more directing lately. Mm. But I feel like him and The Rock are still the only Jason Biggs and Jason Jason Biggs. Yeah, <laughs> Channing Tatum. Right. Oh, but there's a select few people that can still headline a movie and yes. and just. I mean, the mummy sucked though, and, and but but like he's still a movie star. He like is. Edge of Tomorrow is fantastic. American Made was great. All the Mission Impossible movies except this one. Yeah, he's he's one of the few people. I mean, there there are a handful of them, so I want to discount like how how bankable other people are. But Statham, he's, sure. But he's one of the few people that you can take um, a, something that isn't attached to IP. And just give it to him, and he'll he would be able to draw an audience, yep. right? Like you don't, he doesn't need to be doing Mission Impossible movies to bring people. Unless to it's theaters. something as as terrifically terrible as the Mummy, and then that bombs. You know? Yeah, I mean, but that was also or part of the Mummy. Like he's yeah. he's done, like you said, Edge of Tomorrow. He did, which uh, the, Edge of Tomorrow bombed in theaters, and that was one of my favorite movies that year. But it had sort of a second life yeah. after it. Yeah, yeah. Um, when they changed it to Live Die Repeat on video. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they basically called it Live Die Repeat, which is um, a great title. What was what was the one that he did? two of why am i blanking on the name of this movie he did two of yeah i'll come up with it okay what was the action movie that he did um jack he, reacher yes jack reacher oh i never yeah, saw yeah, either yeah. of those those were those were pretty successful right did i make that up i mean they did a i started one, watching so. the second one on a plane and i got real bored uh the first jack reacher i heard the first one's great yeah but anyway so uh i think tom cruise is superhuman or a robot or yeah. something because mm-hmm. he learns things way too fast sure he picks up choreography like they were saying in this like all these crazy kicks that he does that Jean-Claude Van Damme trained for years to do, Tom Cruise is just like, yeah, I'll do a flip kick. I'll do it. What, what, you want me to jump up and kick him and then do a spin around and fall? I I have trouble now being in my Mm mid-30s. The way he runs full tilt for like a full half mile or so, I tried after Mission Impossible 6 just to run up from my car in the garage to my, my yeah. condo. How many people were watching To you? get my key. Because <laughs> I was like, were like, what's going on with I was like, Ben Bowie? <laughs> and I got to my door, I was like, oh, oh God. <laughs> and I like pulled a muscle, and I was like, ooh. Yeah. So he's in his 50s and killing it right now. He sure is. Anyways, now that I've just uh, expressed my jealousy for Tom Cruise's he's, super... Listen, Tom Cruise has a lot of gifts. He's the he's, real life David Dunn, if you've seen Unbreakable, with, yes. uh, he's the real life Bruce Willis's character from Unbreakable. Yeah. David Dunn. Mm-hmm. So, uh, sorry, Bruce Willis. You're, Next with James McAvoy from Split. That went deep cut. That went deep cut. That's okay. If you're a super nerd of M. Night Shyamalan. There's a new one coming out, right? Hey, it's 39 minutes. We've already spent like, uh, let's get into this. We, yeah, we Here's should. the thing. The first hour and a half, we can just go and then get to the action, basically, in my opinion, because there's not a lot going we'll on. We'll see. Oh, I forgot my notes. Uh-oh. Oh, they're on my phone. Uh-oh. That's good. This is the first, This is what happens. So we're going to do the plot in under three minutes right now, we and we also have uh, Jesse's sound clips that he grabbed this week. So you, you like how he... If, in case you guys don't like them, they're Jesse sound clips. No, it's it's a case I forget and don't remember what anything is, and I'm like, Jesse, what's this one from? So they, it's explained that I'm not just uh, you know That's having fair. a brain fart. That's fair, and just in awe of the all that is Cruise. Yeah, Tom Cruise. What a what a crazy. He's dude. actually we. So I had this conversation, and then we can do the plot in under three minutes. But I had no this conversation. No one cares. Literally, no one's listening. That's right fine. Now. I'm listening, <laughs> guys. I'm listening. <laughs> I want you to know that. I'm a loyal listener. We got 15 live podcast. viewers and two of them are us right now. That's we just tune in to get the numbers I up. I forgot to log in. One of them Somebody's already unliked our video, <laughs> disliked it, and we're not even started. Someone's left the comment, Mission Impossible 2 isn't guilty. Someone's already left that comment. Somebody else said first. Yeah. I hate mm. that. Um, but it's not a comment if you're just saying first. <laughs> in like the mid-2000s, yeah. I had this conversation with someone where it was like, there are I can't think of a Tom Cruise movie that was bad that I didn't like until the mummy yeah. until recently yeah. when he started doing more like just turning yeah. him out I mean Born on the Fourth of July is his best performance in my opinion that okay. movie's incredible Jerry Maguire Jerry Maguire is incredible yeah. he's just infinitely charming a few good men he may be nutty and what's also funny is what we consider crazy that back then versus now yeah like if tom cruise went through that phase where he jumped on a couch on oprah or on like a daytime talk show now that wouldn't even get coverage people would just be like oh cool tom it'd become a meme and that's I it i don't know i a little bit disagree because uh entertainers are so 
they're they're like in those sorts of scenarios are so by the book and so like wrote and so practiced I with just their feel answers. Like we've gotten crazy. We sure have. But if someone out of nowhere just started cackling and jumped on a couch, <laughs> it was like, pretty crazy. If at, like I love her so much. At, <laughs> At the height of their popularity, like the number one movie star in the world, and all of a sudden they're jumping on a couch. It really felt like overcompensating. I, yeah, I like, feel like we would have Let questions. me show you how much I love her! Ooh, that, that pulled muscle in my rib hurt by getting into Tom Cruise cackle land. Mission Impossible is not going to be a Ben Begley property at any point. <laughs> if he ages out, they're definitely not going to come knocking on my door. No, they're going to look Cons- for... Considering gonna- I don't even like climbing up the ladder to my condo roof, <laughs> let alone doing my own stunts. I climb up ladders arms only. I want you guys to know that. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah. I never noticed that big camera up there. Or that tiny camera showing a big angle is what I meant. Anyways, let's do the plot in under three minutes. We might as well. Before 700 minutes pass and where you haven't even talked about the movie yet. All right, guys. Here we go. Should we do the entire thing in Doug Ray Scott's accent? Nope. Doug Ray Scott. One. Go. Okay, so we start off. Oh my god, okay, so we. Oh, that made me intense. So we start off on a plane where you think Tom Cruise is with this uh, Russian guy, Boris the Blade from Snatch, and he's like, I'm carrying the chimera, and he goes, Ah, you shouldn't call me Dimitri, A, because that's the most Russian name ever, and I'm the most American dude ever. And he chops him in the neck, and then he poisons everybody on the plane, and it crashes. You're like, Oh, Tom Cruise, what a jerk, and he takes it off, and it's DeGray Scott. And then we have uh, Tom Cruise doing the most masturbatory uh, rock climb thing that's pretty awesome, then he gets picked up, and they're like, Hey, we're gonna do this mission if you choose to accept it. With sunglasses, he throws them and blows up. Okay, and uh, so then this, the first part of his mission is to recruit Danny Newton, who uh, is just about a, an hour. Yeah, just a civilian, um, but he needs her Used for the mission. Thief. Used to be uh, still a thief. Oh, yeah. Um, and he joins her on one of her thieving missions, um, <laughs> and they are able to steal a necklace, but he... <laughs> he's making me so nervous. Yeah, I know. Uh, he sounds the alarm, and she has to give the necklace back, and then she hates him, and then she almost runs him off a cliff when he's chasing her in the car, and then all so of a stupid. sudden they're in love with each other. <laughs> and, uh, and then he's told by Anthony Hopkins that he actually needs her to um, seduce uh, what the guy's name is. Doug Ray Scott. Doug Ray Scott. Uh, Ambrose. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Ambrose. Sean Ambrose. And he's, uh, and, and he's really jealous and they're like doing these surveillance missions and then he's like, you know, you gotta get out of here and then it goes on forever and then they go to this horse race track where the big mission impossible there is that she has to get a memory card out of his pocket and, and get it back to him and then she puts it in the wrong pocket so he starts suspecting her. You think Tom Cruise goes to rescue her but it, it's actually Ambrose because he has the face printing mask ter- yep. uh, technology too. Tom Cruise is pretending to be Dimitri or to pe- pretending to be the Russian guy yeah. and he like gets the head of the company and gets yep. him to tell him what the chimera and the antidote was for Yep. Um, and so now they everyone knows what's going on and and then there's uh, an action sequence at the lab biosite where they go to try and steal the virus yep. because they realize that they had the antidote but not the virus so they go there and the and Demi- uh, Ambrose converges with Tom Cruise there and, and there's this big like face off style John Woo shootout where he's double gunning the whole time and then Thandie Newton comes out and injects herself with the virus. Tom Cruise can't kill her he blows up a bomb and jumps out and base jump parachutes out the out the building and then now we're literally into this the last action scene. Yep. And so they're about to make the sale. They send to Thandie someone Newton to someone. They send Thandie Newton now by herself to, <laughs> no to a city center uh, just to infect <laughs> she everyone. She wanders off to the mountains to jump yeah. off a cliff. Yeah. Um, and uh, Tom Cruise like and his doves come in and uh, they blow that up. His buddies are pretty much useless. Yeah. They, they just he, fly a helicopter and go pick up Thandie Newton right? basically. He gets on a motorcycle. They jump off the motorcycle together, and they there's fight. a big shootout before then, yeah, etc. And, yep, et um, and then and then there's they they do a fight, and uh, and he kicks Ambrose until his head hits a rock, and you think he's dead. And then Ambrose goes, "You should have killed me," but then waits a really long time to shoot him. Tucker's kicks up the gun, shoots him. They give Danny Newton the the cure, and everything's cool. And then they walk off, and they make out. Yeah. I forgot how little hap- actually happens in this movie. Um. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it... A lot of it is just really trying to cram in... The thing that drives me nuts is in 3, they do a great job of building up very quickly a love story with him and Michelle Moynihan. Sure. Where all they show is like a little dinner interaction with her and friends, and instantly you get their chemistry, and that scene. there's a scene in 3 where she's like... How can I trust you with what's going on? You know, and, and she, but she trusts him even though he can't tell her. And just something as simple as that moment makes you believe, okay, they have a deep love for each other because 
she could think he's cheating on her or anything, but she knows that he's doing something that is classified or whatever deep down. Yeah. But this one, it's like, like you said, they fall in love from <laughs> almost dying off a cliff. Yeah. So we can jump right into this relationship. <laughs> sure. Let's just this, do the relationship this is first. One of the more problematic parts of this yeah. movie. Yeah. Where he's given forty eight hours. You're gonna have to help me with the sound clips because I don't have my glasses. I'll on, do the so. best I can. I, I have glare on that screen, so I'll do the best I can. <laughs> We're totally screwed. Yeah. We just play him and describe him afterwards, but. Um, <laughs> The, oh, oh yeah. You know what? Let's just, should we start at the beginning and let's then start? Yeah, beginning. let's start at the beginning. This is after the rock climbing stunt. Morning, Mr. Hunt. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, involves recovery of a stolen item, designated Chimera. You may select any two team members, but it is essential that the third team member be Naya Nordorf Hall. She is a civilian and a highly capable professional thief. You have 48 hours to recruit Miss Nordorf Hall and meet me in Seville to receive your assignment. As always, should you or any member of your armed force be caught or killed, the secretary will disavow all knowledge of your actions. And Mr. Hunt, the next time you go on holiday, please be good enough to let us know where you're going. This message will self-destruct. And then he throws his Oakleys and they blow up. Here's the thing. I feel like Anthony Hopkins, I love him as an actor, but I feel like he's bored AF in this movie. He, I mean, they had was him for in, maybe three hours. Was he in any other movie than this? I don't think so. Why do you get someone like Anthony Every Every single Mission Impossible movie, they have a big-named actor playing the until Alec Baldwin came in. Yeah. Because in the next one, Lawrence Fishburne is the... Yep. It's like they just get an A-lister and throw him in there and never explain where his old boss went. Nope. Well, it, it's the first one. His old boss was a traitor and was oh, killed. Oh yes, 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 yeah. yes. Who was his old boss? In the John Voight. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and Jean Reno, aka the professionals. Yep. And I remember mm-hmm. that awesome helicopter explosion <laughs> when, the, when it's chasing the train and crashes. Right? Yeah. Isn't that what happens? Yeah, yeah. It, it the helicopter goes into the tunnel with yeah. the train, and then they like run after each other on top of the train. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's really right. Um, Okay, so a couple of things here. I tweeted something to this effect recently, but yeah. I just want to revisit. I would love to see just sort of a spin-off movie where someone gets the glasses and they're like, your mission if you choose to accept it. And they're like, actually, no. <laughs> I choose not to accept it. The, IM, the IMF member who's like, mm. yeah, I'm actually having a great time rock climbing. Because the new one, uh, the, I, I, this is in the trailer, the, the bad guy's like, should you choose to accept it? I wonder... Did you ever choose not to? Right, no one ever does. It's a pretty good impression of him. That by was, the way. I mean, I haven't. Heard Everything that. I say sounds like I'm whispering it through a snake mouth. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> he's great, though. Don't get me wrong. He's, he's I mean, a great villain. Nothing is more villainous than a whispering snake. A kind of seductive whisper where you don't know if I'm going to offer you candy. Yeah. I actually can't <laughs> unlock eyes with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah so I, I always find that to be funny that they give them no out like he gives them 48 hours to come meet him in Seville if he yeah. chooses to accept the mission but if he doesn't like is Anthony Hopkins just gonna like be there be, cool with be it? like oh I guess I need I guess I need a different guy how many people yeah like cause they're on a time crunch right. cause Chimera Anthony Hopkins knows is a super virus or maybe no it's always a MacGuffin they never know until they get there what it is right. like every single Mission Impossible movie that I can remember starts off with like we got this thing we're not sure what it is yet can I ask like a very basic question about Chimera you may and I hope that you'll be able to answer this you question you may for ask me. it locked <laughs> <laughs> eyes is Chimera catchy you, is it like a contagious yeah <laughs> Not just like a catchy tune. No, no, no. Come, 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 I mean, it is that. It for is sure. that too. It's a hundred percent that. Because uh, <laughs> he sets himself and then just goes on a plane. They, they, because uh, she's in the middle. The, the rules are very loosey goosey. Because you gotta nail that down. Because <laughs> they, they, she injects herself and they let her loose. In a big Australian, in Australia, right. in a big like marketplace or something, which they never show us. She's right. just in the mountains. But they don't give her a guard, and they say that it's going to spread to millions. I guess it's only infectious. Ah, okay, maybe it's infectious once she starts like showing signs, like after the twenty-hour mark, when she starts like bleeding and pussing from all her orifices from those photos. Okay, but that's still assuming somebody. Is it airborne? Is it... That's what I'm saying. Like, like it's a virus, so yeah. you can catch it. Um, yeah, and but they all don't... these people are just, like, out in public 
and they infected are infected with it already. Especially the dude in the beginning. Right. He's on the plane. Boris the Blade. Which, man, blowing up all those people on the plane is, is cold. is ice cold. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. The Grey Scott, uh, Sean Ambrose, his character, I guess he used to be an IMF agent. They say like up loosely. until the point he blows that plane up. Yeah, it's yeah because they were like, oh, we sent him in because he's impersonated you before. When, that's what it is. So if if Tom Cruise says no to the mission, they just send somebody who can wear a Tom Cruise mask, Tom Cruise. who can be an Ethan Hunt. Because <laughs> why? They said because yeah. I guess he had been doubling. He, I guess he thought he was meeting Ethan Hunt. I'm so confused. It's 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 an unexplained and extremely confusing and introduction. Why to this would whole Tom Cruise? Problem. Why would Ethan Hunt be Dimitri and be the most American person on the planet named Dimitri? Uh, I don't know. Every Dimitri I've ever met, my neighbor's name is Dimitri, and, and he is a Russian man in his 70s. And if Tom Cruise has been dealing with this guy... Why wasn't he there? Why wasn't he there, and why doesn't he know what's going on with this guy? Because he's when, rock climbing and didn't tell anybody. When Anthony Hopkins is like, uh, like plays in the clip, he's like, I don't know what's going on, but I know we got to get this guy real soon, because he's like whatever. It doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't make sense. Why don't you know this stuff? Aren't you yeah. the agent working on this? So wait, could we then draw the conclusion that everything that happens in this movie and all the deaths are because of Ethan Hunt taking a holiday and rock climbing? So that's why it's important. Yep. <laughs> Because he didn't tell them where he was going, and so because of that, yes. they sent in Ambrose, who then steals it, who then kills the entire plane, who then kills more people, who then brings in Thandie Newton's character. And by the way, Ambrose... It's all your fault, Ethan Hunt! I got, there, there are so many, like... And just real quick before I forget, please. they didn't learn their lesson, because at the end, Anthony Hopkins says... Uh, or he goes, uh, take a vacation, and then Tom Ethan Hunt goes, oh, don't worry, I'll tell you. And he goes, oh, it's not a vacation if you tell me. And it's like, didn't you learn your lesson from the beginning of this movie? Well, Tom Cruise uh, says that in the beginning. Uh, it wouldn't be a vacation if I told you. Then Anthony Hopkins says it when they meet the first time. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't be a vacation if you told me. And then he says it again at the end. And they were leaning really hard into this idea yeah. for no reason. I don't know. What's the you put me here? Uh, that's the next sound clip, oh, okay. I would assume. Um, but, yes, nice. <laughs> you it. put me here. Uh, so, Sean Ambrose uh, is an IMF agent, mm-hmm. uh, works for the most sophisticated intelligence agency in the world, and he's able to build a network so large that he has his own compound, his own evil compound with bodyguards who he acquired from where? I have no idea. With what money? Yeah, with what money? But he's able to to fool. Because he hasn't gotten 37 million pounds yet for Chimera, and 37 million for a world-ending virus does not seem like... You can't go to the bank and get cash for that, for (laughs) the equity you have in this world-ending virus. The other thing with bad guys that want to like destroy or wipe out the whole world or giant portions of it What's he going to do with that money when we're well, all f? Right, but I think like he at least is selling the virus. Oh, he's so selling he can, the antidote. He's selling yeah, yeah, the that's a big. Well, and bu- and owning stock in Biosite. You're right. I forgot all that. Right, but like all of that aside, I don't know how he was able to fool the IMF into like continuing to employ him when he was clearly working behind their back and yeah. building up an army yeah. of people who are never. It happens all the time they, in movies, yeah, right? But like the people on like all the soldiers on the motorcycle, like where did those guys? It's like four hundred behind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did he know them? <laughs> Were they just all pissed off IMF agents? I don't know. I don't understand. I mean, the same thing happens on 24 back in the day all the time, where it's like, this is the counterterrorism unit, and you have more moles right, yeah. and more spies within your super elite unit than any yeah. agency I've ever heard of. It's it's part of the, your qualification, <laughs> is to be a double agent. It's so ridiculous. Are you untrustworthy? What is the you so put you me put here? So you put me here yeah. is when... Um, Sorry, that's what I was asking. I knew it was a yeah, sound clip. It's uh, when... Uh, they're stealing the necklace, and Tandy Newton is on top of Tom Cruise, and she's like, "This feels a little precarious." Oh, hey, you put me here. I just do as I'm told. It's Tom Cruise's attitude with all movies. You know, that's what happened um, one time after I went on like a political rant on this show. Uh-huh. I remember uh, Stephen, who works here, uh, not you, Steve, in the booth, the other Stephen who yeah. works here. Oh, he pulled me aside and was like. Hey, you know, uh, we got some comments on the iTunes page. Yeah, people, but he didn't care either way. He just wanted to let me know, just for future reference. He wasn't correcting me necessarily, but he was just letting me know that people were a little upset. And I just looked at him. I said, "Hey, you put me here. I just do as I'm told." And since he didn't really tell me either way, I've just still done whatever I want. Yeah. Um, 
you know, but it's okay. So that's yeah. I've tried to pull back okay. on the politics. I was um, I was at a Renaissance festival. That was a real stinker of one. Um, no, that worked. <laughs> that was a winner. Let's vote. Let's put a poll up on the <laughs> how did that one go? <laughs> It's a really long build-up for, yeah. for like a... Uh, oh, I should also mention, I was um, I was allowed to participate in the intro today for, I think, the first time. Yeah. I made the dove sounds. I, so it's I, not that you're not allowed. We just never thought of it. We no, should do it more often. No, no, it's because I'm not allowed. I can't be trusted. Uh, so, oh, because I can. I'm always perfect with my intro. I mean, intros. we have to trust one of us. And <laughs> one of us. You're in the right-hand seat. So you the bathtub scene is pretty sexy, by the way. Uh, it is. Um, but it feels like a James Bond scene, not a Mission Impossible scene. Yeah, it's uh, it's a different. It's yeah. a different direction that they go in. But what I was going to say is, I was at the Renaissance. It's not even worth it. But I was at the Renaissance Festival do when it. I was younger, and they do like human chess. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I moved my queen, and immediately the queen got taken by a pawn, and I was mad at the chess piece. And the chess piece just turned to me and said, "Hey, you put me here. I just do as I'm told." I'm like, you're so right, chess piece. You're so right, chess piece. <laughs> I never, I never learned my queen's name. It's all right, my queen. It's the story of my life. Uh, you know, it's funny though. Yeah, like I said, the, the bathroom scene—it's sexy, but it feels out of place. It feels like a, a, a James Bond scene. It's like they were—they couldn't figure out where this franchise should go, and then three and onward figured it out. Yeah. Um, so this is this is part of the weird like we have to create we have to force sexual chemistry on yeah. these two people because Anthony Hopkins is explicit and gives them forty eight hours and in those forty eight hours he ruins her stealing of the necklace yep. he they almost kill each other in in that scene I keep going I want to know your other list they almost kill each other they then have a one uh, one night affair mm-hmm. um, and then he uh, is madly in love with her and doesn't want her yep. to risk her life in any way whatsoever and is willing to risk his own to save her and it makes no sense and they didn't earn it and what you're talking about with Michelle Monaghan is they give you a glimpse of six years later in a relationship yep. they don't condense the relationship yep. to 48 hours which movies do so often that yeah. drives me nuts like I love the new Ready Player One movie mm-hmm. uh, but the book really builds up their relationship this one it was like he told Artemis he loved her and like they'd known each other for like two days and it's like that doesn't this isn't some Romeo and Juliet stuff you know yeah. and they're not teenagers that ha- I mean well okay in Ready Player One they are teenagers sure. but like in this Tom Cruise is not a teenager but it's also like they've they've not been through stuff together no like at least if they were on a mission and he something knows nothing happened about her yeah if something happened to them together and they persevered then maybe but they <laughs> they almost killed each other you know what did like, yeah but what did happen is in that moment they went from being playful and like and like speedsters and like ooh this is dangerous to like we've gone too far when they're like spinning out of yeah. control and it gets super slow motion and she's just like and he's like oh no what have we done what did they think was gonna happen so stupid. And, so and, then, and then when he pulls her up and they are just sitting in the car right. that's hanging off the cliff get out of the car get out of the car I was screaming that at the TV I was like get out of the car I don't care don't make out yeah clip number three is awesome because yes. this is Anthony Hopkins cl- uh, um and also, by the way, this doesn't seem like an impossible mission to go get Thandie Newton. And, no. and nothing about this seems impossible except some of the stunts in the end. But let's play clip number three. Well, this is not mission difficult, Mr. Hunt. It's mission impossible. Difficult should be a walk in the park for you. That's rude. That's <laughs> really rude. Yeah. You know, he doesn't know what Ethan Hunt has to go through. He no. just sits back and barks orders. Ethan Hunt is fatigued from rock climbing. <laughs> okay. That was very difficult. Yeah. So then he goes and collects his team. Uh, and, and this is Ving Rhames' intro. In clip number four. This ain't funny. <laughs> that court is $800 Gucci shoe. And you got me in a helicopter with this man? So, what? So, so this is another example of like, what? Because he, they, Ving Rhames sets up the guy as like, uh, this guy got it. And, and then they never they go never back do to that. anything with him. Yeah. The other guy's basically just like, hey, guys. I'm Australian, I think. Yeah. Maybe British. They don't really even say. I'll just fly the helicopter. It doesn't matter. He's never annoying. He's never, like, a problem. Never has an opinion. No, he's, he's just, just there. there. He's he just might there. as well have been helicopter pilot number two. Yeah, but Ving Rhames hates him. <laughs> you got this guy here? What's Snowball in hell? Uh, let's hear it. Oh. Stand by, guys. Stand by. Stand How stand dare by. you? I will not stand by. We just rolled up a snowball and tossed it into hell. 
Now we'll see what Jansen is. <laughs> That's a great line. That's, it's poetry from Tom Cruise. That's when they put Danny Newton into the complex and they can no longer see her on the cameras and they're just like, well, hope this goes well. <laughs> And it does for the audience. It doesn't because the movie slows down for about a forty-minute. It does, but what we do get is when Dugray. Am I saying his name correctly? Sure. sure. When Dugray Scott. I like Dugray Scott, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm well, going to go. I'm going to go a little more southern. Yeah. When he when he gives Thandie Newton the dress to try on, and she put like takes her clothes off in front of him because I guess there's not a changing area in I that guess. enormous mansion. Um, but when he gives that to her and she takes her clothes off, the face that he makes is so predatory and so disgusting that I almost turned off the movie. <laughs> it was just like... <sighs> was it kind of like this sort of face? It's, it was the... <laughs> I want you to change in front of me. It was the face personification of that voice. That voice, okay, yeah. perfect. Uh-huh. Perfect. So, okay. Okay, I know we're speeding through these. But... That's fine, because I want to get to the main action scene yeah. anyways. It's it's all a bunch of like, oh, I'm jealous. Oh, we're And then the thing at the horse race where the big mission is to get the SIM card. and then but, So this is yeah. that, right? This is yeah. them describing the reconnaissance they're doing. But I want you to listen to this sound clip and picture everybody watching the exact same thing. Go. Ambrose is showing something to McCloy on a digital camera. Yeah, we all see it. Yeah. Whatever McCloy's looking at, he's not happy about it. Right, yep. obviously. Yep. Yeah. Wait for it. That's how the movie feels. Ambrose yeah. just pulled the camera's memory card and put it into an envelope. Yeah, we saw it. <laughs> put it in his inner left jacket pocket. Confirm left jacket pocket. Everyone is watching. Everybody is watching. There's nobody blind to this action, but they're describing exactly what they're seeing to like a comical degree. (laughs) Yeah, all they needed to do was say, confirm left jacket pocket. That's it. The rest of it is just super expository. Like, oh my God. For for what reason? It's unclear. Oh, and then Thandie Newton steals it. She then gives it. She, um, Richard Roxborough, I believe, who was in Moulin Rouge, who's the bad guy. Sidekick in this sidekick, he might as well be called sidekick number two. Yep, uh, he is following after her, but following so slowly that he can't see her turn around and have like a romantic conversation with Tom Cruise, which is where this next clip number seven comes from. You turn around <laughs> when Tom Cruise is behind her in line and says, Don't turn around, yeah, and then she turns around. That's his reaction, yeah. Ready. I mean, this is a matter of life and death, not like, ooh, that was a sexy dance move. You know salsa. That's what it sounds like. You disobeyed a direct order. Again, this also, after seeing part six and then part three and then this, it doesn't even feel like Ethan Hunt. No. It feels like this weird... Uh, Lothario, like Lothario, sure. Because lethargic is a different. Is if he was uh, yeah. the movie made me lethargic. Yes. Watching this Lothario do very lethal kicks. Hey, alliteration. Ah! <laughs> I don't know why I did that. No one's been more excited for an alliteration. No one has been more excited. So then let's just skip ahead to the big action sequence. So we he played the cool. It, it was cool when he pretends to be Boris the Blade, and I'm like, oh, crap, what are they doing? They, they're playing the, the head of Biosite, and they get all the information they need. But then it just becomes a mask after mask after mask after mask. It's like a Halloween party. It's a lot, a lot of disguise. Which I don't remember them ever fully until part three showing how they make the masks with like a 3D printer. Oh, no, they never, yeah, they never Three have. shows it, and then the sixth one shows it more, where it's like, oh, I see the technology. In this one, it's just like, you just believe we have full-on masks and, like, little things that, that change yeah. the voice. Yeah, just fully available. I also love that Sean Ambrose used the Tom Cruise one in the beginning, but then just had a spare. He just has a closet full of Tom Like, I would love just to see a shot of his closet with <laughs> all the Tom Cruise masks. <laughs> and why do they... They seem like they're difficult to make a little bit. Why do they just peel them off and discard them? Why don't they just, like, put them in their pocket and save it God, for a know, rainy maybe, day? Maybe they're ruined. I. It's like... I've never seen a mask where I was like, that looks like a human face. 
Never in my life. And this movie really, really... The other ones at least, sh- like, the, the part three shows them attaching it to make it look like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh-huh. So you buy into it more. This is just, we're supposed to believe, yep, boom, ba-dam, 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 ba-dam. This it is, is It gets cartoonish. Yeah, my, my main issue with sequels is when they ruminate on, like, the wrong things yep. from the first one. Were there uh, masks in the first one? There were, There's I think, one or two. two. I think two. Okay. Um, but... Like it was a cool idea, yeah. And so in two, they're like, "Let's really do it this time." Yeah. And it's like, "How oh, we didn't need it? It's cool because we only did it once yeah. or twice. We don't need to do it four hundred times." Yeah, you play a drinking game, you'll have alcohol, alcohol poisoning in this movie. Most definitely, there's at least eight, if not more. Yeah. Um, so, so we get yes. almost halfway through the movie before we're really we really break down what chimera what is, is happening. Yeah. Yes. Can mm-hmm. we play clip number eight? I needed to know just how bad the disease was in the real world, not just the lab. You are genetically splicing together strains of influenza. And to create a cure for all influenzas, you are also creating a disease so terrible in Chimera. The cure would be priceless. I needed Chimera in order to peddle Bellerophon. It's not that difficult to understand, is it? I love that they end that clip with, it's not that difficult to understand, is it? Because I feel like they got a network note or a note from the studio somewhere where they were like, we don't really get this. (laughs) Also, (laughs) why is he explaining this to the man that was doing it? Right, right, right. Like, if you and I, if if you showed up to this show and I was like, we're trying to get more views this week because we know Mission Impossible <laughs> Fallout is in theaters, so we're doing Mission Impossible 2 in just a feeble attempt to get more viewership than our regular 12 people. Yeah. Is that difficult to understand? No, but I understood it before we talked about <laughs> it's this. It's just so yeah. weird. Yeah. It's, it's so stupid. So anyways, he finds out. They go to Biosite. They do this big elaborate uh, like zipline thing down through these where they basically rip off the first one again yeah. and make it more absurd where he has to get through and then the rope has to get back up within 40 seconds. He goes... And Why don't they cut the rope? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> when they Because they spent it. like half of the time trying to like just, yep. detach him and pull it, the rope back up. And just oh like, man, we're almost out of time! Yeah. Cut it! Just cut it. It's That's fine. easier. It's not a big deal. Yeah, and then they he goes and he destroys, which I thought they said they couldn't be destroyed in the scene with the bad guy from Biosite, mm-hmm. but whatever. He destroys three of them, there's one sample left, and dudes come in and start shooting. And it's an awesome shootout for a John Woo movie. Silly for a Mission Impossible film. It's just the double guns, which I love, yep. uh, and all the slow motion and kind of... it. it what usually is awesome in a John Woo movie seems just silly and over the top in this one. Yeah, they did a lot of the, like... Um, like the slow mo turning and then taking it from a different angle and doing the same slow mo turn. Van Damme thing. Yeah, where they do his, where he does a jump kick and they do it from like four different angles yeah. over and over yeah. again. They did a lot of that. Yeah, it's like they're like, isn't this awesome? Oh, it's awesome from this angle. Yeah, and this angle. Right, right. It's this the movie, same. Actually, this movie would be ninety minutes if the action wasn't all in <laughs> slow motion. So then, uh, this is big shootout. He blows up a hole in the wall and jumps out. But what's the not going to shoot me? Is that in here? Um, this is yeah. This is in here. Okay. Yeah. You're not going to shoot me, Sean. Not this bitch. Because she's worth thirty-seven million pounds. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it's again extremely unclear as to how this virus works. I have no idea. And if they shoot her, can't they just take her blood? I, I, would, I would assume, unless it dies instantly when someone dies. But then that's the cure. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that's sense. it's cold, but yeah. like... Yeah, the virus thing is very underdeveloped. Also, not to like harp on, because it really doesn't matter in the long run, but like if if the antidote cures the flu... Then, like, that's valuable enough. You yeah. don't need the disease. Yeah. Well, the antidote cures chimera, not necessarily the flu. But that wasn't he saying that, like... He said he, they were trying to find a cure for all flus, and they basically developed a super bug. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, but I bet it's the third still one, probably... Hey, in the third one, they never ex- even explained to you what they're yeah, after. That's they're just like, uh, don't you want to know? Yeah. Nah. It, it truly doesn't matter. It's just like, yeah. they probably should know. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> they like, should know. They should know. Yeah. So let's run that bastard down. Is that after... Oh, this is after... 
his buddy gets killed, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. So Tom Cruise does this. His mission, his impossible mission, he goes in, he's super stealth at this compound in the end where they're going to sell it to someone, which we never meet that someone they're going to sell it to. Mm-hmm. But they go there, and there's this impossible mission he's going to do, and the head of Biosite, we realize Ambrose is going to take control of the company and get 51% of the stock because the virus is going to be an outbreak in Australia somehow, we don't know. Anyways, he's doing the stealth mission. And he's being very, he's trying to make sure he's not heard or seen. <laughs> and then he goes to where the main bad guys are, throws a bomb, blows up the door, and just just like super cocky, walks in front of it in slow motion as a dove flies by. Yeah, just walks by the door. And, and they all just stare at him. Why didn't they immediately go, oh, there's an explosion, draw our guns and shoot it, whatever comes through. Right. But they all just go. Because <laughs> they all look up like. Whoever just blew up our door is probably just going to walk past. They're probably not going to come in. Like, they kind of dodged a blow with that one. Again. That he didn't come barreling through. It would be awesome in a, in a John Woo movie. In this, it's just like, what is happening? Yeah. So they chase it, and he goes, chase after him! Or whatever, and they go, and he does so many, gratuitous, again, there's so many times Tom Cruise is hiding on the ceiling uh-huh. and falls down and kicks somebody. And the main bad guy, the main uh, henchman, we think that he's brought Tom Cruise in, Ethan Hunt. Yep. He's dragging him, and it's clearly he, he's like, oh, I broke his jaw. But, uh, okay, sure, uh, yeah. And he's, and he's like, and he shoots him, and then he realizes something, and he pulls the mask back, and it's actually his... Yeah, he sees the cut finger. That's right, yeah. his cut finger. And then, in that moment, though, when everybody was paying attention to that, why didn't Tom Cruise just shoot them all? Right. Or set another bomb off? Right. And then, run out. But instead, he grabs the chimera and runs. And while he's running, pulls the mask off. He just wastes some time being like, I need to be myself when I'm running. I need people to see me running. There's so many crazy things that happen in it, and so many slow motion. There's a lot of kicks. There's yeah. just a ton of kicks. Yes. It was like... It was like they Tom Cruise figured out how to do a roundhouse kick and was just like, we got to do this as many times as possible. <laughs> just it's he hops on the motorcycle and the motorcycle chase scene is pretty awesome. Yeah, I dig that. This again, though, it gets kind of even though the other ones are absurd. I feel like they're still somewhat grounded in reality when he jumps on the side of the motorcycle and is basically pavement skiing. Yeah. And Ambrose is a trained IMF agent shooting multiple times. Shoot the wheel. Right. Shoot his arm. Right. That's fully sticking out. Is this motorcycle bulletproof? Right. Just he, shoot the area because he's shooting any, the motorcycle like eight hundred times and yeah. it doesn't. No bullet goes through the motorcycle. No. Uh, no. Do you know how motorcycles work, Ben? They stop bullets. <laughs> they stop bullets. <laughs> what are you, an idiot? <laughs> Apparently so. I just laugh like the the like a wheezy bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I laugh when I think of silly motorcycles. There's <laughs> so many doves, which I need to look up because... Can doves live in cages? <laughs> can doves live in caves, caves? I mean. That's the thing I need to look up is what John Woo's fascination with doves are because they appear in everything. And I guess it maybe is like the heralding of the hero. Like, <laughs> like even when the dove flies in front of Tom Cruise in that shot, it looks very angelic. Like... Yeah. Again, that works in some of his other movies. Can can I just what say? Um, yes, please. Uh, oh, run that bastard down. We do have to play yeah, that. Yes. Quick diversion, but on the um, John Woo mm-hmm. uh, dove train. Um, There's even doves on the back of the cover. <laughs> Perfect. By the way, at the end of Face Off, um, not to spoil it or anything, but everyone's seen Face yes, Off, right? Of course. Okay. When um, when he's greatest. coming back home, and first of all, he like just had his his face surgerized again yeah and no no one in his family picked him up from the hospital they were just like at home chilling and he (laughs) i never thought about that and he comes home it's a major surgery yeah 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 and like a scheduled surgery (laughs) like everyone knew (laughs) but he comes home and uh i was i I was making fun of this with my wife a bunch after we watched it recently but the daughter when she hears the car pull up she goes Dad, <laughs> and it's just so stupid because, like, of course you know that it's him. Yeah, like, yeah, he yeah. just had the surgery. You chose not to be there. And why to pick are him you up. surprised? And then, yeah, you're surprised by it. It's it's like such a great combination of the, the best is that the kid's nervous at first until she weirdly brushes his face, yeah. and suddenly he's like, 
Okay. Right. If 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 I was a foster kid and I was and the second I went in there they went like this, I'd be like, oh shit, I gotta get out of yeah, here. Yeah, this is not for me. This is not for me. Yeah, and everyone's just like pretty chill with the foster kid also. <laughs> so that like clearly replaced their son. All right, anyway. <laughs> anyway, so let's play clip number ten, run that bastard down. Run that bastard down. <laughs> run that bastard down. <laughs> We're doing a pretty good accent. Run, run that bastard down. down. <laughs> it's so good. He's like a parody of himself in this clip. He is. Oh, my God. So there's this motorcycle chase. It's crazy. The stunts are nuts. Uh, Tom Cruise is really driving it at points and really attached to the this like safety van uh, that's carting him around. But he's on it. He actually does the skiing. He actually did the rock climbing. Then comes the most bonkers stunt to me, which is there's this big fight scene. There's a bunch of flip kicks and stuff. And then Sean Ambrose jumps at him with a knife. And did you know that that's a real knife? No. And that they had it hooked up to a pulley system that would was measured out to stop at the precise moment to be that close to his eyeball. Wow. And so, say Tom Cruise sneezes or the, or the chain breaks or anything like that. That's a knife to an A-lister's eyeball. That's and insane. even the moment where he's, like, scraping his... It, Eyelash, it's a real knife. They were like, we wanted a real knife so that it was the sharpness and the glint of it and everything. And I'm like, you couldn't have done a rubber one at least wow. or something? Like, it's it's on the behind-the-scenes documentary, and I even rewatched it last night to make sure. And they full-on had somebody jump and stop with the knife right there or slam it down and stop with the precision of it. And that's that's crazy. That's terrifying. That's crazy. So as crazy as it, is, as it is that he was strapped to the side of a plane and all these other things, I think getting a knife this close to your eyeball is still up there for me. Yeah, that's insanity. Yeah, and then there's I this said no to there's that. this big fight, and Ambrose gets full on spin kicked into a rock where he hits his head. You think he's dead. Yeah, what you're forgetting is when they're driving towards each other. Oh on God, the how can I forget that? And they both somehow psychically give the other person, I'm about to jump off this motorcycle. Will you join me? And they both leap off and catch each other in each other's arms and roll it's to the ground. It's kind of romantic. Yeah. It's not even like a crush to like hit each other. It's more like, I've got to get it's you. It's just an mm. embrace. But like, what would have happened if one of them was like, no. Wait, wait, wait not yet. Yeah. <laughs> and the other person just went, went flying. They would have, they probably would have so died. stupid. <laughs> Maybe just let them do that. Oh, it's so it's so dumb. It doesn't even look cool. No. And then he's laying there dead on the ground. The uh, Thandie Newton's there, and and there's this romantic moment, and then er, and Ving Rhames is like, "Oh no, look out!" And then he turns around, and Sean Ambrose says this while pausing afterwards for the longest time ever. You should have killed me. Which you would think that would be. I'm going to shoot you in the back right now. Yeah. And instead, there's a super long pause as Tom Cruise slowly turns around and then nods to his friends. Yeah. Kicks the gun perfectly out of the sand and catches it, falls to the ground and shoots him. All in that time, he can't pull the trigger. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. Always shoot first and then <laughs> speak later. Shoot first and then say you should have killed him. And then taunt him. Yeah. Oh, man. This movie's so silly. So silly. We are happy to be back, ladies and gentlemen, talking yes. about Mission Impossible 2. We're going to do our best to try and see the Meg before next week. But if not, we will be covering the Meg in the next couple weeks. So if you don't want that movie spoiled, pay attention to our Twitter feed and we'll let you know when we're covering it so you can see it beforehand or just avoid the episode until you've seen it because uh, we're going to get into heavy spoilers and I can't wait. A giant megalodon shark movie with jason statham that's my perfect guilty they movie pleasure. almost had jason biggs they were this close jesse until next time where can they find you, can you find me on twitter and instagram at too much jesse and for the sketch at the prom losers you can find me at the ben begley on twitter and instagram and uh, i won't do the parents versus baby in that voice because it's weird and you can find my wife and i we have a parenting <laughs> blog at parents versus baby check that out until next time check out at guilty movie guys as well because we want to know what is your guilty movie pleasure of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals. 